Welcome back. Welcome back to the Fastest Known Podcast, where for about 45 minutes every week, we talk to some of the most interesting and fascinating people in the sport. And we've got a hot topic. That's a pun, by the way. We have a hot topic this week because I'm talking with a pulmonary physician based in Salt Lake City, Utah. And our topic is air pollution. Yes, there's been an insane amount of wildfires out west this year, which you don't need to be told if you live out there. And our friend is going to give us some information. When is too much, too much? You know, where, how far can you go? How might this affect your health and how to watch out for it? I am speaking with Dr. Kevin Schilling from Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you for being with us, Kevin. Well, uh, thank you for having me. It's definitely a hot topic. Well, glad I'm glad you picked up on that one. Thank you. And uh, yeah, you've got a great background here um, as a physician, pulmonary critical care, and sleep medicine. And uh, in our bio, we note that uh, we always ask in the bio, what were your sports highlights? You wrote, still upright and running after 30 years. I said, hmm, okay. So I looked that one up. Turns out just last month or a month and a half ago, you were 10th at Hard Rock 100. You were third at Hard Rock in 2004. You've had numerous top 10s and wins and other ultras. So that, that, was, that was a good attempt at a sandbag, but sorry, I'm calling you out. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 I'm pleased. I would say, I mean, with Hard Rock, it was, a, it was an amazing race. And um, it, uh, it's amazing how fast the times are, right? Like, I, for me, that was, a, that was a best time in my life, uh, 30 and a half hours. And that's still nine hours uh, behind, uh, you know, the winners. Uh, so, but it's good to, I still really, you know, it, it, I, I mean, I'm sort of serious, like why run? And, and the big part of it is that it, I, because I can and it still feels good. So I'm I'm pretty psyched to to still be still doing it at age 53. And yes. As a full time doctor and full time barely covers the topic now. I mean, oh, yeah. COVID, the Delta variant, and some yahoos refusing to get vaccine, vaccinated, and they come in sick as dogs into your hospital, wherever you work, and the places are filling up. I mean, the art, some, I spoke yeah. with a friend just this morning, uh, last night, and she was just, uh, she's a physician's assistant. She was just furious because people are coming in just yelling and screaming, and of course, they fill out the form. No, they didn't get vaccinated. Yes, now yeah. your job is to save their life. And they're they're getting the doctors are getting yelled at. So you have a tough job, Kevin. And I I'm just gonna go right on air and say thank you. Thanks to you and all the healthcare providers who are really stepping up. Because as a healthcare provider, you have a calling. And so you're not necessarily gonna leave after the eight hour workday. You're gonna stay there and take care of people, even if they're just being complete idiots and hurting and endangering you and other people as well. So thank you, Kevin. Yeah. Like you said, that's, that's what I do. It is, it is frustrating at times. I, th I think people could maybe make some better choices and uh, it would certainly help us out in the medical field. If everybody would get vaccinated and quite honestly, still, we're still at a point where people need to wear masks when they're in public places. Still, in, if you're going to go inside to a restaurant, which personally I won't, uh, a grocery store, honestly, I'd still do it. 
because even when you're vaccinated, you may still pick it up and, and you've got a chance of spreading to someone else. It's rare that you're going to get that sick, although if you have and uh, just if uh, I mean, I've tried to appeal to people uh, if they don't want to do it for themselves, uh, do it for me now because I'm, I'm kind of tired and my team is tired. and The nurses are, uh, you know, they're still doing it, but uh, people are exhausted and uh, we're, we're going to get to a or we maybe already are past a breaking point. People are still in the game, but um, boy. It sure would be nice if people would uh, step up and, and, and get vaccinated. Just be a responsible member of society. I, that's how I look at it. I don't feel particularly angry with people because it doesn't do me a whole lot of good uh, in the situation to be really mad. Um, but I, in clinic, at least, when people are talk, asking whether they should get vaccinated, I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Not intense, but uh, strong about saying, yeah, it's. It's time. Good. Thank you. Again, thank you for your work and thank you for your team's work. And at age 53, a top 10 at Hard Rock is terrific result. I was let's get into our topic here. The other thing that presumably people are aware of is that this thing called climate change is very real. I'm currently spending my summer in Michigan. And people here can be climate change deniers because we everything's green. Yeah. You go out west, no, no, no. This <laughs> there's not much to deny back there, is there? Uh, you know, the second largest wildfire in California history. As of three weeks ago, they had closed 384 miles of the Pacific Crest Trail. No FKTs for the rest of the year on that. And then eight days ago, California closed all of their national forests, period, yeah. done. I mean, it's closed, not to campfires, but you can't walk or drive right. or camp in any of the national forests, at least through September 17th. And so it's full on. And then coming up on Labor Day weekend, they evacuated the entire city of South Lake Tahoe. Labor Day weekends where people need to make bank. You know, that's Christmas yeah. for the, the merchants. And instead, everyone's kicked out of town as well they should have been because just go online, look at the photos. It's terrible. You wouldn't want to be there even if you were allowed to be there. So that's our context, Kevin. I think you know this. Hopefully, most of our listeners also know this. So how does this work in terms of our own health? You know what I mean? Like we have the AQI index, air quality index seems to be pretty good to me. So help us get going as an athlete, as a runner, and when there's smoke in the air, how should we approach this? Yeah, well, I will tell you, it, it's, it's a, it's a tr kind of a tricky equation, and it's very person-dependent. So we know that, in general, it, uh, air pollution is probably not a good thing. It's probably not a good thing to to inhale uh, lots of particulate matter and ozone, and we've known that for many years. Uh, the problem is you, you, you can know that, but you also know that if you don't go out and exercise for a period of time, uh, it's going to drive you crazy. And it, it, so you, ha you make this equation or, or sort of calculation, I guess, every day. We're like, okay, how bad's the air? And when did I last run and how am I feeling and what's going on in my life and uh, what do I need to do to stay healthy? And part of staying healthy is exercising and running. Anybody that, that's listening to this, I don't have to tell them 
anybody that. I mean, that's how we stay sane. That's how we deal with things and and uh, stay healthy. Now the the problem is then you go out and air. That's that's uh, particularly uh, 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 that's sort of a pun. Didn't mean it to be that, but uh, you know, full full of pollution. And how do you decide? Okay, well, this is going to be okay to do. And all of the data that you see, uh, and there's a lot of it, is all population health. So you take large populations in cities, whether it be uh, in uh, in the U.S. or China, and it looks it looks like okay, well, there is probably some evidence that long-term exposure of weeks to months to years to pollution is probably it leads to asthma. It may lead to heart disease. We know also that if you already have those problems, if you have COPD, asthma, uh, heart failure, and any sort of heart problem, you're and you go out with an AQI, let's say over 100, all right, uh, you have a higher chance, uh, or at least the population has a higher chance of more visits to the ER, more hospitalizations, and more adverse events, whether it be having a COPD exacerbation or not being able to breathe from your asthma or having a heart attack or some sort of what we call arrhythmia, where your heart's not beating normally. So the risk is there in general, but is the risk there for the individual? And that's what we don't know. And that's unfortunately like that in a lot of medicine, right? We have lots of studies that show populations, but how do you predict in the individual? So I think, you know, I looked at myself. Today's a great example. Um, the, uh, I, I was working last night. It's kind of a long night, and I, and I, uh, I get home. I want to run, and I look out, and the, I look up the AQI, and it's about 100, I think 160, let's say, this morning. And the air looks, the air looks terrible. And so I'm like, okay. Well, I didn't run yesterday. I took a short hike with the dog. That was nice. So I have this need to run. The air is kind of rough. Um, what am I going to do? I chose to run and thought to myself, okay, if I get, you know, I have asthma. So I had taken an inhaler every day. If I get out there and I'm having an undue, sort of inordinate amount of trouble breathing, you know, I'll turn back. Uh, and I didn't have any trouble. And so I think it really depends on the individual, number one, how they feel. If you notice you're out there and you're having trouble, you're having a bad day because of the air or something else, it's okay to step back and say, uh, I'm just going to walk today or I'm going to take it super easy. That's an, I don't mean to throw too much information at you, but one of the things you got to think about is air pollution exposure. And that's not just what's in the air. It's also uh, the, the harder you exercise, the faster your respiratory rate and the deeper breath you're going to take. So we know when that happens, it's called minute ventilation. You, the more you exercise, the harder you exercise, the more air you're going to take in and the more exposure you have. So you have a greater chance of having, having trouble the harder you're going. So I would say on a, on a really polluted day when it's say 150 to 200, uh, I probably wouldn't be doing intervals or a super intense workout. If it was a day I felt like taking it easy, I might walk because, again, it's less of an exposure. But I think a, a, an easy run for uh, for me would be an hour or so is uh, is probably okay. Gotcha. Well, thank you. I, like you said, it's not a black or white. For example, the no. uh, EPA has an excellent website. I'll, I'll actually put it in the show notes. It's called airnow.gov, and they'll give you a uh, listing of 
your AQI index and other information, other places and so forth. And you mentioned some numbers there. A hundred starts to become over hundred becomes unhealthy for sensitive groups, as you said. So this is kind of an individual choice. 150 is unhealthy. Over 200 is very unhealthy. So there's some numerical values. But you said, well, gee, if I haven't run in three days, I'm kind of going bonkers. So I'm going to, you can take a risk. I mean, yeah. no one's going to say it's, it's purely good for you, but you're not going to die immediately. So it's kind of this sliding scales, what you're saying. How healthy are you? And then secondly, what you said is the intensity of the exercise. So if you want, you might want to go out there and just you know, pace through, a, you know, for one hour, for example, yeah. rather than doing hill repeats might not be the best choice. That's my sense. And everybody will have a different take on it. But uh, I think you, um, I mean, again, your exposure to that particulate matter and ozone is going to be greater the more you're breathing, essentially. Uh, and so you could probably find that sweet spot between getting getting some run in and uh, uh, not not getting too uh, too exposed. I will tell you one problem is that we don't know, um, you know, the individual when we go out and exercise and breathe in this air, we we do know that uh, lung function can decline, so our ability to get air in and out goes down a little bit. We might um, uh, have a more trouble. Again, our airways getting rid of bad things like bacteria and, and other stuff because pollution will will kind of, uh, what's the word, it, it, it um, inhibits the ability of things called cilia, these little hair cells to get stuff out of the, out of the lungs. And so your, your immune system in a way gets downregulated a little bit when you're in pollution. The problem is, again, is I don't know how much it happens in the individual. And uh, the good news is there is that most people are fine after that, right? You do it, there, there's no long-term effect. We don't know what what day after day after day in this type of air does, especially to endurance runners. We haven't, there, there's no great study that takes a bunch of ultra runners uh, and compares uh, those of us living in the West in three months of wildfires versus people in Kentucky or wherever that maybe there's not such bad pollution right now. And then, and then says, okay, 20 years later, did that have an effect? We just don't know. Gotcha. Hmm. Well, as you know, I like I like hard objective facts, Kevin, but you are a professional healthcare provider, and so you want to give us the nuanced opinion, which is the correct opinion. We don't know yet. That's very interesting. It's very interesting. So your asthma is unrelated, however, I may ask a personal question. It had nothing to do with where you've been living. Because Salt Lake City if you don't mind me saying so, yeah. has those insane winter inversions sometime where the air quality is worse than Beijing. Yeah, it, you know, it's a great question. I found, I mean, my asthma is pretty mild. Um, and has it gotten worse since the 21 years I've lived here? It it may have. It's still pretty easy for me to control. And, and some of the markers for asthma are, do you end up in the hospital? Do you get uh, breathing tube place? These kind of terrible things. And none of that's happened to me. Um, I use a, a low dose of inhaler and it's never, uh, I don't think it's ever limited me from finish, finishing a race or, or running. It may have gotten a little worse, um, but yes, you are right. We do have horrendous air in the winters, the inversion. Now, the nice part about the winter was that um, 
if you uh, run early, you know, in winter, it's more particulate matter rather than ozone. Uh, and so sometimes running early helps because it hasn't built up as much because the cars aren't on the road. And then a lot of us, of course, go up to the mountains and, and then your particulate matter is, 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 is much lower. You're, you may be green in Park City or somewhere in the Cottonwoods. The problem there is we are contributing to the problem unless we're all driving electric. We're, we're adding, and I'm definitely adding uh, pollution uh, to the mix. Um, but winter, in some ways, is easier to get out of the pollution than it is here. I mean, the, the air is every bit as bad up in Park City and, uh, or up in Big Cottonwood Canyon, where I run a lot, uh, as it is down here, sometimes uh, even worse. That's interesting. Well, sticking on Salt Lake City for a second, so many topics there, because the local government, particularly the state government, has been very reluctant to acknowledge this and go with mass transportation initiatives. And they, they, yeah. they, they like to make the roads a lot wider so that you have 10 lane expressways in Salt Lake City. You know, if, if you build it, they will come, which is too bad. And that has been um, counteracted, at least philosophically, by, by our mutual friend, Jared Campbell, with his famous run up for air event so have you come to think of it have you done that kevin you know i haven't i've never i've never actually done the the race i'm i might be a little intimidated uh but uh (laughs) it's uh uh it it it, i've certainly we all run grander peak in salt lake and that's where you go he does you basically do as many if my understanding is you do as many loops as you can and he usually i think he usually does it in november is that right? Um, so I know Actually, if, I did it. I did it this year, and it was in February. Oh, February! I could be wrong. So, but it's. Uh, I I think it's great. I just I just haven't gotten around to it. Gotcha. Well, for listeners, run up for air identifies what you just said, which is the Salt Lake Valley in the winter is is just terrible. I remember one time flying in for winter OR from Denver, and it was orange. I mean, people had their headlights on and. Yeah. Just from the air, it's like, wow, <laughs> this is a little scary. Yeah. But as you said, because it's an inversion, if you go up, it's gone in the winter. In the summer, not so much, but it becomes very stratified in the winter. So a good friend of mine lives up in Park City. And indeed, this is this is dicey. Uh, two years ago, Jared bailed. You know, he had his uh, amazing house down in the city that was net positive energy. Yeah, I mean, for yeah, I remember, heating, I cooling, transportation, everything, it was net positive. And he left it because he had two daughters now and the air was just untenable. So they moved up uh, near Kimball Junction, Jeremy Ranch, near Park yeah. City. And then, like you said, you can't feel great about that because a lot of Salt Lake's pollution is automobiles. Yeah. And so you could go up to get out of it, but that means you've just added to it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm not, uh, uh, it's uh, certainly a relevant topic always, and particularly so now. I mean, we know that air pollution uh, disproportionately affects people in uh, a a lower socioeconomic class or or, or, uh, grouping. So, you know, if you live in West Salt Lake and you've got to work, you don't have the option to go leave the pollution. You're stuck. Uh, it's, there are a lot of corollaries to what's happened with coronavirus as well, where if you're uh, an essential worker, uh, you don't have a lot of, you just, you just don't have those, you can't, you don't have those choices. 
And so they, the folks that, uh, there are a lot of folks that get a disproportionate uh, exposure to, to these, to pollution and can't run away like a lot of us can. The proverbial other side of the tracks Very is true. actually literal. It is literal. As you said, the, st- the statistics on that are, are quite evident. If you live in certain part of towns, your health would be worse, not just due to um, associative issues, but due to causative issues, yeah, such absolutely. as air pollution. And and another topic that you brought up right away, Kevin, uh, poor access to nature and uh, inability to exercise outdoors in nature. So th- this is an interesting topic, and you brought it up right away. The best thing, scientifically speaking, homo sapiens can do for their mental, physical, and emotional health is to exercise outdoors in nature. Yes. And yet, when the AQI gets above 200, boy, uh, I... Well, like you said, it's an individual choice. Uh, yeah, I will say fortunately, that. If- fortunately, I, 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 I get out of it personally. I'm, I'm yeah. just a scaredy cat. I just leave. Well, no, and I would tell you, if, if it's 200, I probably wouldn't go out. <laughs> uh, and it, right, so everybody's going to probably have a, a, a um, some sort of number, uh, whether like, and whether that be kind of magical in a way of like, ah, 200 is a nice round number. That's too much. Or, oh God, every time I go out and it's 120 uh, on the AQI, I, I, I get a sore throat and I, I feel a little tight in the chest. Well, you know, by the way, I would listen to that. I would say avoid for what it's worth. You got to avoid being in it at that time. Gotcha. Interesting. Well, when was it? Three weeks ago, there was a half Ironman official half higher man in my hometown of Boulder, Colorado, and the AQI was 150, mm. and people were aghast. They almost felt like they should have canceled the event. They didn't. But like what you said, 150 is bad, but it's not quite 200. <laughs> right. And, and and Well, Kevin, do you, do you yeah. think that we're like the proverbial frog in the pot of hot water that we just keep accepting ever increasing poor quality? Uh, oh yeah. I mean, I, 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 I feel like at least in the people that I'm, that I'm with and, and, and that um, we really, we're not happy about it. And I don't know if we, I don't think we accept it. It's sort of, it, it um, the hard part is doing something about the the pollution. Now, you know, it's it's a huge issue. What do you do with forests that are burning? Why did they burn? Is it because of of uh, a fire suppression for a hundred years and and various decisions that we've made as a as a society? What what can we do better? And and then what can I do as the individual? And that's really your your, your climate um, change. And I it's a struggle though. It's we yeah. You know, uh, I've got a daughter that is is mad at me because I bought a 2006 Lexus GX470 because it's great off road, but it's a total gas guzzler. And she's like, "That's Dad, you're the problem." And and she's <laughs> right. she's right. And then she's like, "Well, we need to install. You need to get an electric car, and and you need to install solar." I'm like, "Well, I'm thinking of selling the house, and it's twenty five thousand dollars." She's like. Well, then whoever gets the house gets that benefit, but you need to be right. <laughs> so she's right. It's but it's so hard to change change behavior. Um, having said that, I need to. We all need to if if, if we're going to 
if this is going to improve. Kevin, that's a great story. Your daughter, Talia, pushing yeah. it, pushing it. Dad. And that's, it's a uh, go girl, right? Yeah. Uh, of course, my son pushes me as well. And now I've got my granddaughter pushing me. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if I step out of line, I got grandkids. You're going to yeah. say, whoa, no, we, we don't say things like that anymore, Papa. Yeah. Very, very true. And, and but she'll back it up with uh, what's nice is she. It's not just you're not supposed to do it. It's like, hey, here's why. She'll she'll tell you why you shouldn't do that, and she's usually right. Nice. Well, I think you should put solar on your roof also. But I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, right now, as we speak. Um, the AQI index in places in Oregon are well over 200. We had the highest one right now is uh, north of uh, northwest of Bend, 284. Shady Cove, Oregon, 259. Yakima, Washington. This is a Yakima is a big apple growing region on the eastern side of the Cascades. Yeah. AQI of 236. Not good. This is, of course, due to fires. This isn't really ozone. This is particulate matter. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I mean, this is a tough question. This is probably not your forte, right? You know, it's not mine either. So I'm going to have to ask you, what do you think about indoors? So say it's just really tough outside. Does going indoors help yeah, I mean, I, I think that's an appealing uh, uh, solution. The, the problem is, if you look at indoors, you have to make sure that the indoors isn't getting the outdoors. So if you've got open windows, open doors, the, the air quality in your home is not going to be much better than it is outside. Uh, if you're like me and you have a treadmill in the garage, well, forget it. I mean, you know, the door's open. I'm, I'm breathing in the outside air. But uh, you can uh, make the indoors uh, uh, much less as far as uh, the particulate matter. Most of us, I believe it's called MERS, M-E-R-S, and you have to have, it, it's a, a type of filtration. Most of us, I think, are, have like three, four, or five, and, and others that are on the that are listening to this may know more about this, but you need to have a 13 or 14 filtration um, in your in your air your sort of air conditioning or heating system to really get the air filtered uh, where your your uh, air quality index indoors is truly better than than outdoors. I know in Salt Lake at some of the uh, some of the elementary schools they will measure air quality indoors, and often on an uh, an orange day or red day it is either green or yellow indoors. So it's it seems better. Uh, in my house that's uh, 120 years old with a lot of cracks in here, I, I, I'm not sure the air's a lot better. At health clubs, I would hope, don't know for sure, that the air quality would be better. Um, the problem is um, you have to run on a run or do something else on a, in, a, in a room, uh, which isn't very appealing. That for a couple of days is fine, but what about for like, you know, the last month or two months straight that gets be, to be rough interesting gotcha so hmm so probably the ppm the particles the particulate matter will be less indoors almost no matter what but you just said 
filtration makes a huge difference. It does. And I think it's the HEPA filters, H-E-P-A, do extremely well. And I also learned that there's these new ionization filters, which I don't want to get sued by anyone, but my understanding is they don't work. It's, I don't uh, think they uh, work. I think they're supposed to help. I thought they were supposed to help with ozone, but I don't. They they haven't been very successful. And, well, thank you for backing me up on that. I didn't. I didn't want yeah. to, you know criticize someone trying to make an honest dollar, but uh, the, the the statistics on anything but a HEPA filter are not good. Yeah, and you can. They make a small. Uh, little portable air quality uh, uh, measures. You know, you can measure particulate matter and ozone. Um, I don't know. I don't have one. You, you, they do have them. Uh, I don't know how much they cost, or uh, but they are out there. They haven't necessarily been validated compared to what we, you know, the the government's measuring. But you know, that technology I think is 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 there. Again, what do you do with the? Uh, with the number, I suppose if you were indoors and you, you could work on getting your house to be cleaner, so to speak, less pollution. Gotcha. Right. Kevin, I like the way you, you balance everything out. You know, like how, when was the last time you went for a run and then to balance against the air quality and then as runners tend to do, and this is a real sign of a runner, I think, how are you feeling? Right. So you, you that was that was your metric. How are you as an individual feeling right now? Are you coughing, shortness of breath? Do you get a sore throat? Uh, so I, I appreciate that. And you had the similar type of answer with my question about, is it better to go indoors? You say, well, what's it like indoors? And you noted you can get testing kits and that filtration definitely helps. Yes. But if it's if all the windows are open, it's like, well... Then you're outdoors. <laughs> then you're outdoors. That's right. Well, we are re- recording this on uh, Tuesday, on September 7th, and at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Mountain Time. And at this point in time, the AQI in Boulder, Colorado is 137. Uh, not terrific. Not terrific. And indeed, they say what you said. People with heart or lung disease, older adults, oh, that might mean me, children and teens, you know, take steps to reduce your exposure, shorten the amount of time, um, choose less strenuous activities. Everyone else, enjoy your outdoor activities. So that's, that's, that was the recommendation for Boulder at 137. So it's really in alignment, not surprisingly, with what you have told us. And where I am in Western Michigan, which happens to be near a lake, we're at uh, 46. And so they say, good to go. You're good to go. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Interesting, interesting. Well, as you noted, um, the range, I mean, this this is what we need to do, right? We, We need to analyze this, look at it for ourselves because we want to be healthy. Exercise is one of the best things you can possibly do. But if exercise becomes unhealthy, then you don't want to do it. And then I might editorialize part two is we we probably want to improve our situation here a little bit. And that's, you know, part A as individuals, dad, put panels on top, dad, don't buy the gas guzzling car, get an EV. And part B as a society, 
I'm, I'm a very, very strong individual responsibility type person. But at some level, we live in this country of hundreds of millions of people, and we have to act as one as we have during crises in the past, right? I mean, when Hitler attacked, when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, no one said, well, it's up to us as individuals. No, the country pulled together as a country with a government leading to solve that crisis. So in my personal opinion, um, this is a similar situation. We want to do what we can do as individuals, and we also need to ask our political leaders to lead our country in a positive direction. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Obviously, as we all know, the last few years have, uh, have made that look even tougher um, than before, and, and the, this pandemic has exposed some uh, some uh, disagreements, uh, to say the least. Um, and I'm not sure how you get through that, but I think uh, I think we have the capacity, um, and that is what it's going to take. It's going to take a concerted effort from from all of us. Right, right. It was very. I understand what you're saying, Kevin. It was very disconcerting because I mean, we're always going to have disagreements. The yeah. only society that where everyone agrees is called fascism, and so to have different opinions is is what you actually want. Uh, but when healthcare becomes politicized, that's odd. Yeah, I, I don't recall that ever happening before. So that that was that, that took me by surprise. Yeah, because I thought healthcare was the same for everybody. Yeah. Hey, I wanted that. Just uh, it's sort of a side note. Um, thinking about healthcare and things being politicized. Of course, masks, right, are have been very politicized. Um, and for I will say, unfortunately, um, you know, the websites on the air quality uh, websites will say, "Oh, wear a mask." It turns out that's not that's not really a fair recommendation. So simple things like surgical masks don't work. So if you go out running in your surgical mask or or a simple cover that you might have had for COVID, that's probably not going to help you with the air pollution. Um, an N95 would, and if any of you have worn an N95. Uh, I personally would have a hard time running in one. Um, I would, uh, I'd have to really need to run to wear an N95. <laughs> um, but you know, if you're walking around and, and you're concerned again, if you've, if you've got uh, an underlying medical condition like asthma or heart disease and you want to be safer, you could wear an N95. You might right. get some benefit there. Very good clarification. So they, um, Everything from a booth to a surgical mask works very, very well for COVID because you're talking about droplets, some aerosol. And you're really yeah. just trying to confine it to within six feet. But for our topic today, air pollution, no. It's going to go right through that. It's going to go right around the gaps. A good N95 has been fitted to your face. Yes. And so there are no gaps. Um, I have one and there's no way I'm going to run it. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, 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 I could, I'm, I'm, and by the way, as you said uh, about 30 minutes ago, when I go indoors in a group, I wear a mask period. Yeah. It's what the heck. It's not a big deal. Who cares? It's not political. This is, this isn't a big deal. And then we go out to eat and we only go outside. You know, it's, yeah. to me, it's a simple solution. We, we probably go out twice a week and we sit outside. If there's only indoor seating, we don't do it. This, to me, isn't that hard. But thank you for clarifying that air pollution is something else. 
because yeah. it's going to go right around anything else. And uh, I fully agree. I can walk wearing that N95, but I can't even walk uphill wearing it. No, I do occasionally see people running in what looks like very tight-fitting masks, and I, I don't know if they're uh, – I know there's some people that are sort of trying to in, improve lung function or lung strength by wearing it. I, I don't – I think the data on that uh, on, on that approach, uh, the data are dubious, but uh, uh, I have seen people successfully run in, in very tight-fitting masks, but that's uh, probably the minority of folks. Right. Maybe they're ex- much more fit than I am and not that breathing nearly <laughs> as hard as I am. That's probably for maybe me as I well. Just, maybe I just suck. Maybe that's the real Yeah, problem. that's what I'm wondering <laughs> for myself, not you. <laughs> okay. Well, we always ask, Kevin, what is next? So here we are, early September. You had a top 10 at Hard Rock. So what is on your calendar coming up? Oh, that's such a good question. I actually have nothing on the calendar uh, right now. Um, I'm sort of casting about. Um, I, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm still running. Um, the uh, I have not set upon a race yet. I'm signed up for one this later in this week, but I'm not not planning on doing it. Um, I've been spending a lot of time supporting both my kids are running cross country and. Uh, so I'm out cheering for them, and um, I, uh, I have a daughter. My daughter is hoping to do the Bryce 50, or sorry, Bryce 30K as a as a uh, not quite an ultra, but her first trail run. But that's not until May. So I'm I'm looking at. I did have a buddy of mine um, say that he was going to sign me up for an Ironman uh, in October of 2022. And I'm like I'm like I'm like uh, I I don't own a bike. Um, <laughs> so at first I was like, ah, forget it. And then I thought, well, maybe, you know, I could be the last place guy swimming and, and, and make it through the bike maybe. And, uh, and then finish up with that run. So I am, I'm thinking about that. Um, it's, it's a little bit intriguing, but I'll be way in the back. That would be a bold move. <laughs> uh, I appreciate your boldness, Kevin. Uh, a quick note, triathlons were invented by swimmers. Ah, I wondered. Just to get even. They just wanted to get even with us. Yeah, I, I can't imagine swimming a half mile, let alone two, two and a, nearly two and a half miles. But, I, you know, I know people do it, so <laughs> maybe I'll right. shoot for it. You can learn the bike. Yeah. You can learn the bike, but you can't learn the swim. Yeah. It just it doesn't. It doesn't work that way, I don't think. Well, I just figured I'd, I'd be, like I said, I figured I'd be last and just be doing some back paddling and, you know, just floating for a while. And, and eventually I'll have the water to myself. It'll be perfect. <laughs> right. Wow. What a great. This, <laughs> hey, folks, listeners at home, this is the attitude we all want to engender. So replay Kevin's attitude uh, next time you're struggling with anything. Uh, now, there are here in Michigan some paddle bike run mm. triathlons it's, it's kind of a new thing there's a lot of people in michigan have boats and so you kayak or sup yeah instead of doing the swimming leg and i'm all about that because it's somehow it it, it, it goes together a little easier the, the technique is a little easier yeah so uh, i prefer to and it's not kayak. it's not cold either yeah there's that too so we'll see well, but kevin well i appreciate you a great deal. And if you uh, enter that Ironman, 
Well, <laughs> <you're>, <laughs> uh, maybe a half Ironman. Yeah. Olympic. Olympic's good. Olympic's a good, oh, I'd be fine with it. really it, good it, distance. I have to tell you, though, this is the same guy that, that is asking me to do this, is the guy that said back in med school, we should go run a 50-miler. And I was like, oh, that's just stupid. That is ridiculous. <laughs> I run road marathons. That's all I'm doing. And, and uh, uh, he got me to do the JFK 50. And that really, of course, started my running. And then he continued to do things and run 100. And I thought 100s were stupid. And I'm still not good at them. But I, I obviously uh, embraced that. So he's somewhat influential. <laughs> he has some good ideas. <laughs> He was right. Yeah, he was right. Kevin, I appreciate you a great deal, and thank you for spending your time with us. Absolutely my pleasure. Thanks thanks for having me. Good luck to everyone out there. I'm sorry that it's not as clear-cut as we'd like it to be, but that's life. <laughs> <laughs>